0: Are listening to Pub Royalty Queen Podcast, a place to empower women of color in the music business. Welcome to another episode of Pub Royalty Queen Podcast. This is your host Denisha Jones, back with another special guest, Tara Simon. Tara, I've had the pleasure of getting to know you while working at Cobalt Music Publishing in their coveted sync department, where you were sync clearance coordinator. She is well-versed in the curious world of synchronization rights, which is one of the more lucrative sectors of the music industry, and she's become more like a sister to me. So I'm just very proud to have her on the show. Without further ado, Tara Simon, welcome to Pub to Queen podcast. How are you feeling? Hey, I'm feeling great. <laughs>
1: blessed to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show, asking me to be a part of it. This is uh, this is special. This is history right now, yes. on the, first, the first season.
0: Thank you. So yeah. let's just dive right in. Tell us about your journey through the music industry and what's led you to become St. Clearance Coordinator for Cobalt and your new role as well.
1: Well, I've always loved music. It's always been a passion of mine. I was writing, I've been writing songs since I was young. So it's just in me, it's just in me music. I'm just a music lover, period. So when I got to college, actually, initially I applied to be um, a business administration major. And truthfully, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. When I first went in there, I knew I was passionate about music, I was interested in the artist route. But at the time, truthfully, I didn't know how I was going to make that happen. It was in my path what I just felt was just the natural progression for me to go to college. I was raised by a single Black woman who worked really hard to afford Mm. me, you know, Mm. opportunities that I had, really great ones. And she put me in these really great schools. So once I was graduating from high school, it was just kind of like, okay, I have to go to college. Like that's just that's just what it is for me. And even though I wasn't really passionate about school anymore, I was, to be honest, kind of over it. Um, <laughs> but I applied to, to be in the business school because like I said, I wasn't sure what I really wanted to do. But after I got into the business school, I then started reading up on the music industry program within the school. And I wanted to change my major. But you know, my mom, she was helping me out with tuition, and she's an electrical engineer to so set it up for mm-hmm. you. So mm-hmm. she she doesn't really know like much about the music industry. So in her mm-hmm. mind, she's like, all right, we're just gonna get you the money, you know. So. <laughs> It was like oh I'm not really trying to support you in a, a music uh, industry oh, wow. program kind of like that yeah she's like um oh, you'd be much better if you just stick with
0: <laughs> if oh, you just what? stick with business
1: yeah it, it was like that and I wasn't uh thrilled at the time but I you know it was what it was the great thing about it is that it obviously didn't stop me from mm-hmm. being able to pursue a career in the music industry so mm-hmm. I was very fortunate to attend an internship uh, fair. And that's how I got my first internship. It was actually through a recruiter at Dick Clark Productions, is what it was called. Oh, Uh, wow. Yeah, he was a he was a black recruiter, which uh, you know was just like a, a bonus, truthfully.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> to
1: be honest. So he brought me in for an interview, got a sense of my interests, and ended up meeting with the music clearance manager over there and got the internship there. So from that point, my first internship I had six or seven other internships mostly in the music industry and a couple were Mm -hmm. in tv development but most of my professional experiences have been in sync licensing so yeah this job that i i just left at at cobalt that's probably the the most, I would say, like all my experiences are, have been significant and I've learned from them and I've been yeah. very fortunate to have worked at, you know, some of the places that I worked in. I, I even temped when I first graduated from college. So, you know, it's definitely <laughs> an avenue I would encourage people to take if they're not sure, you know, exactly yeah. what they want to do or if they feel like they're having a tough time breaking into you know an industry somewhere i had a few temp jobs as a music assistant a production assistant and uh, another assistant for a publicist for a short period of time as as well so but all those experiences have led me to where i am now Mm -hmm. so I'm really grateful. I was at Cobalt for over three years and really learned so much more than I did know before about the sync licensing business and especially about clearance. Sorry, at Cobalt, I was negotiating sync deals. And so now at my new job working for Amazon Studios, I won't be clearing music anymore, but the experience is that I had at Cobalt and the skills that I developed, I'll be able to take that to my new role at Amazon Studios as a music contract administrator. And in that position, really, I'll have ownership of the, the licensing process. Uh, basically, I'll be supporting two music licensing managers who clear for all the, the promos and trailers for Amazon Prime content. So I'll That's be supporting amazing. Thank you. Thank you, sis. So yeah, I'll be supporting them and basically overseeing music licenses and cue sheets and making sure you know, people are getting paid on time and you know, working with new vendors as well. So I'm really excited yeah. about
0: that. Um, yeah. I'm just loving seeing your career bloom because I do recall, you know, having worked with you at Cobalt, some of the challenges in, in the spaces. We both had challenges in at Cobalt, but like you said, it definitely gave us both opportunities to grow enhance our skill set because it was run like a smooth run oil machine you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like it really was the workflow was impeccable there and then on top of that we both worked for a woman of color in the Mm -hmm. sync department who's you know just killing it in the game right now like and just to be able to watch her and learn from her has been a blessing as well so kudos to you for the growth and persevering even though you know Mom didn't see it. unless bet she see it now, though.
1: I bet she see yeah. it now, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She see it. She, she's on board. She's on board now. Well, yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> Shout out to moms. So have you had any mentors in the music arena? And how crucial were they to your growth in this music business?
1: Well, I mean, you just brought it up. You didn't say her name, but Jeanette Perez uh, at cobalt music right president of cobalt woman of color Uh, she i would say has definitely been a mentor for me and i'm super super grateful for all the the time that she shared with me and her knowledge because yeah she's brilliant right yeah and to even get some of her time i consider that to be (laughs) a privilege because she's so she's so busy and wears so many hats uh so I've definitely learned learned from her, just viewing her as a leader, someone that really and truly cares about what they're doing, but not just the job, but the actual people that yeah. work under them. That's so it's really important to nurture your staff, right? And to make them definitely. feel like they're valued and that their opinions matter, and so I think Jeanette did a, a great job doing that for her team. And she's mm-hmm. a great people manager. So I I definitely admire her and what she's she's done. She's always been very supportive of me and willing to to help out. And I think that's so important as well. If you are in a position of power, you know, reaching out to other people and helping them, you know, come up, that's awesome. That's admirable to me. That's the type of person that type of leader that. I hope to be as well yeah. so Jeanette is definitely one of them and I've had I would say two other women in this industry have been instrumental in my career one her name is Rebecca Ring she was a former music supervisor she was at NBC Universal mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. time and I interned for her while I was in college I mean, she's very intelligent. All the the women that I'm speaking about are passionate individuals and they're hardworking and they know their stuff. Uh, and she actually told me, you know, prior to the internship ending, she was just very honest. She was like, listen, like, if you want to keep in touch, like this relationship benefits you more than it does me. So, <laughs> you know, you got to make sure that. real. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, reach out. Yeah, yeah. And, And I did, I think that was so, I think that's so important, (laughs) you know, it's a really, it's really valuable to like keep that in mind. And she's helped me get multiple jobs or at least an interview, like in looks just by keeping in touch with her. So yeah, I appreciate her so much. And then there's one other woman, her name is Paige Parsons. I uh, worked for her at my last company as, you know, she's a VP of A&R over there and She was just always available now if I wanted to talk or Mm. I had something to say. She would listen. She asked for my opinions. And it just felt really nice to be respected, like treated as a a valuable member of the team. So, you know, shout out to all those women. I appreciate them. And yeah,
0: that's amazing. Yeah, I'm going to give testament to Jeanette's leadership because like you said she was definitely a people's leader like i remember being in, in boardroom with her she would take ownership of mistakes mm-hmm. or made by the team as a whole like that's, she takes it on she looked at all of us as her children <laughs> i remember her saying like y'all are my kids like and that's kind of how you want a leader to embrace you in the company is to make you feel special and let you know that you're valuable and what you're doing is extremely important to the end goal She's incredible, like you said. She makes right. time for you, which right. you know she don't got no time like that. Right. <laughs> she makes the time to sit down with about anything. Right. And one of the most valuable lessons that she told me in the very beginning of knowing her, she said, "Closed mouths don't get fed." You ask mm. with, for what you want. Right. And right. I've been listening to that ever since. Ever since. Good. Good. Yeah. She's shout out to Jeanette because she's brilliant and uh, a shooting star out here like in the sync world especially but at cobalt they are very lucky to have her there are a lot of challenges that are unique to women of color in this industry can you describe for us one specific challenge that you've had to overcome yeah well to be
1: honest with you and I think as a Black woman, there will always be this, there's like a heightened sense of uncertainty that unfortunately mm. we have to carry as we like navigate through this industry. And because you don't know, like you want to believe that everyone has the best intentions for you. Like, mm. and no one's, no one's racist, no one's discriminatory, like whether consciously or, or unconsciously, but you know, that's uh, unfortunately we don't live in that Type of world, so I think it's a a challenge that comes from learning how to be okay with that and learning mm. to to push forward anyway, in spite of having to be concerned about whether or not you're going to be discriminated against because you're a woman or because you're a black woman wow. or woman of color, something like that. So that can cause a lot of anxiety and and stress. But I think for for me, it's just been Really important to one, pray. Like, prayer is huge <laughs> for me. Like, yes. just realizing that I come from God, like I'm in this position for a reason. I have purpose here. You know, I think true promotion comes from the Lord. So it's like, you can, if you want to block my blessings, you can try, but (laughs) you might lose. Right. Right. I think I got this one. And for me, it's just deciding that I'm going to go after what I want. You know, period, yeah. and it's like goes back to like what you were saying that like Jeanette said, like closed mouths don't get fed. So yeah, you have to advocate for yourself. You know, and yeah, it's nice to give people the benefit of the doubt. Most people, I'm sure, they do have really great intentions. Like I said, you can never really be a hundred percent sure. Like if something doesn't, <laughs> like say I don't know, like or if you feel like you've been slighted in some way, I think right. you can tell. Hard to something- prove. Right, right. Yeah, right. It could be taps. And, and it's like, I think you, you kind of run the risk of even like gaslighting yourself because it's like, am I overacting in this situation or is That's this really a, like a problematic behavior that needs to be? called out So it's things like whoever feels slighted or disrespected or whatever or mistreated in any way it is important to vocalize that and to say it. but I think that black women and women of color that for that for them to do that it can be a scary. Experience because you're not sure of what the repercussions will be, and you look around, and we're out here, but we're not super super out here, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it just becomes a tough in that sense. But like I said, I believe in God. I believe in my abilities, my my skills, my talents. So whatever's gonna happen, I believe everything's working out for my highest good. So it's, that's Amen. at the end of the day. Yes,
0: that's such a word. But Like back to what you were saying about the anxiety aspect of it. I think a lot of it, too, is that black women, we feel like we still have so much to prove when we do step into those spaces. Like we've talked about this many times about mm-hmm. being overworked or right. having to like go above and beyond all right. the time like regardless of what responsibilities if you have regardless of how long your, your commute is to get to work mm-hmm. or back right. like how so much time and I know the sync world is one that you don't sleep like it's a 24 hour job like and everything's urgent. Right. That is true. Right. So you're yeah. you're literally sometimes taking your work with you. So the anxiety of having to not really part with work and it being your like part of your identity as well and then as a black woman continuously having to like you know, like i said just continue to go above and beyond the expectation that's mm. a lot to take on it's a lot of a big re- responsibility um right. because you feel like downfall is gonna fall your shoulders and carry to the next black person that they hire it's it's, right. it's tough as to right. the whole and not just yourself so there's yeah. a lot there's a lot that goes into that what was your mama I made it moment? What was the moment that you realized that you made it, you're on the right track, you know, and what characteristics do you attribute to having gotten to that point?
1: Well, I think I'd go back to, honestly, that story I, w- I told you about how my mom wasn't uh, initially on board with me, you know, even studying the music industry and not necessarily like, try to stop me from having a career in the music business but it wasn't like I said something she was actively like promoting (laughs) and advocating for either so I think the my mama I needed moment is it doesn't have to do with like material success or anything it was really it really came when I was able to lock down that first internship as a music clearance intern at Dick Clark Productions because you know I was studying business and I was I wasn't sure I was nervous that I wouldn't be able to you know work mm. in the music industry. So, but thankfully, like me getting out there and networking and attending internship fairs, you know, it paid off. So, mm. I think it's really about perseverance, taking a chance Even when you're, you're not sure if you even have the qualifications, if someone's going to give you that shot, because I was nervous. I was like, I don't have any experience either. How am I even going to get like someone to take a chance on me, especially in this music business? I I had literally no experience. I had like some,
0: I think I had some high school
1: yeah, that's true. That's true. You but <laughs> With me, like, <laughs> that was very true. But I was just like, it just seemed like a lot of the job descriptions or internship descriptions that I had been reading, you know, mm. indicated that they wanted someone with like prior experience or, or prior... How to- that word
0: play? How Girl, play? Right.
1: <laughs> right. That's why I was like, oh, man, how... How am I going to work this out? But thankfully, Dick Clark Productions, they took a chance on me. And once I was in there, once I got that first internship, I just knew I'd be able to build on that from there. Like, I have this one experience. Cool. We can get another one. You know, we yes. can lock in another one.
0: It's, uh, it's going to yes. be okay. That's what it's I-, I initial take. foot in the door. Like- Right, exactly. I understand that. What did you do when you found out you got the internship? Did you celebrate or-
1: I don't recall specifically. I know I was super happy though. I was probably like <laughs> frantically, like <and> ecstatically <laughs> thanking God and yes. like I'm super, super blessed to to have it. And um, it was a great internship. I, mean, I got to work on award shows and attend award Ooh, shows. Like, that's amazing, right? That's a that that's a thing. It was a unpaid internship. It was an unpaid internship and <laughs> truthfully, I don't really care for unpaid internships. I think interns should be compensated, especially since like not everybody has the luxury of taking right. an unpaid job. Um, yeah. Okay. So, for me, truthfully, thankfully I was in a position to where I could I could do that. But Mm -hmm. I know that there are other people of color that that don't have it. So
0: it's a fact. No, that's something that I spoke with uh, one of the very first interviews of, of this podcast. We were talking about all the sacrifices that go into just getting your foot in the door. And if it's right. an unpaid situation, you're having to buy a train ticket or a bus ticket or mm-hmm. have lunch money or right. go to the networking event and you don't want to show up busted. You got to look good when you go to right. the store. <laughs> so and right. the membership fees and things like that, like if you're just starting out and you're trying to network and you're joining these organizations. It's mm-hmm. not cheap to break up, break That's into cool. the industry
1: exactly
0: that's so, a very good point yeah it's yeah. a lot but like you said we were blessed to have that opportunity and have the support that we needed to get through it but then also you gotta I think there's a, a thin line too some people stay at internships for like a year two years it's like bro you gotta learn when to, to bounce because you're giving them free work right exactly, <laughs> exactly. like if it's, if it's an unpaid internship and you're there more than three months I'm like I uh, want <laughs> at, at some point it's like you're stopped learning and you've actually acquired a skill that you can you, you can actually add right. value to yourself and ask for your change right. like
1: exactly I- exactly so I mean like, great for all the the students out there or whoever is, is interning <laughs> like who has it like that that can they can take those unpaid internships and be fine but no like in in general like (laughs) internships should be paid period not for me dog no 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 I had (laughs) like one I think because I actually ended up staying at Dick Clark um I had two internships there music clearance internship and then a a tv uh development internship so I Mm. was there for for two semesters
0: like unpaid Mm
1: -hmm. But mm-hmm. those were my last unpaid internships. Like yeah. After that, I was like, okay, now I need to get some money. Yeah. Get <laughs> some money. I'm doing the work, like you said, like and mm-hmm. I'm valuable here. So right,
0: right. <laughs> There yeah. you go. And yeah. I think it's it's also important if you're in an in internship that they're actually teaching you something, and you're not just like a gopher. Like Ever. yes, humble yourself and go do the little things too. Right. But at the same time, sit down with your supervisor, see what it is that they're working on and see if there's a way that you can tap into making their lives a little easier, whether it's helping to answer the phone call for them. Well maybe not. I don't know. It depends on what you do. Um yeah. <laughs> I'll take that back. Don't answer no phone calls. insert just right. Unless it's that. in the the job description. right Yeah, it's yeah. Like- the little things right. that make their lives a little bit easier. You see right. that they need to, they usually drink coffee in the morning. Ask if they want the coffee. You right. know what I mean? Like the little right. thing. And then right. they'll be more than happy to sit down with you and and teach you a little something here and there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to do it. Yeah, you really just have to consider the, the value at the end of the day. Like I was happy to I was happy about those those internships, even though they were unpaid because I learned a lot, and I met some great people that I'm still in touch with today. So
0: the networking opportunity is there for sure. Right. So uh, if there was one thing that you could have done differently in regards to pursuing your career, whether it was like you mismanaged or you just weren't at the right place at the right time, whatever the situation was, what would it have been? Yeah. Well,
1: I honestly, I would say, just in general. I'm happy with the the way my my career trajectory has has gone thus far. I'm really grateful to have had the ex- experiences that, that I've had. I would say that my own belief in myself and my confidence it was much lower than it is today. Before mm-hmm. back then, when I was even in college, so if I had a greater sense of self-worth and mm. the time I would have allowed myself to, to take advantage of more opportunities that I was presented with. And for example, that could be a a networking event mm. or whatever, some type of event where, you know, maybe I didn't show up because I wasn't feeling like, confident in myself and in mm. my abilities, you know, and obviously, yeah. Uh, you know thankfully, I have learned you know since then and have really developed a greater sense of self worth and love for myself and belief in my skills and abilities but yeah for for a long time, a long time it it was different, and it was not it was not like that, and you mm-hmm. know, I think today I'm like, wow, truthfully, I like, can calmly speaking, like I've accomplished. Quite a bit, like
0: yo, shit, girl. We ain't right? humble I'm on
1: like, this podcast, <laughs> girl. I'm we just going like, there, yeah, yeah. But I had accomplished a significant amount just, and that's with like not even really believing in myself that much. <laughs> Sorry to, to curse, but if I could just imagine like what could happen or what I could possibly do, like what if like I really did believe in myself? What if I was just like yes. allowed myself to go for what I want in life and and I was unapologetic about it like how much further could I get then what could I accomplish you know what I'm saying so you know that's a for me I think that's been just the biggest battle has just been within you know like you're right within then you can handle and external happenings to you so that's a
0: fact that's like yeah. a lauren hill bar right there how you gonna win when you ain't white within like you, start mm-hmm. you gotta know you gotta exactly. know that you got it you got you and even if you don't have all the tools and the knowledge and the skills like people get mm-hmm. by with much less than what you're right offering. so right. just do it You know, just fucking do it. I wish that we did. I know that it comes from a bigger scenario reason why we do limit ourselves and minimize ourselves and our accomplishments. I know that's coming from something that we don't control necessarily. But once you do come to the revelation that, hey, like I worked hard, I earned my space here. You should have now the confidence to step into the room and be like, take ownership of that. Like, Like, uh, I remember going back to our mentor. Yeah. Yeah. I asked her, I said, at one time, I was like, hey, I get a little anxious when I go into these rooms with these supervisors because I don't know them. Like, I don't know them. (laughs) Right. And she was like, you think I know everybody? (laughs) She said, you know how how I I agree? She said, I think of, I am the person that knows the most about what I know. Mm -hmm. I'm the best at what I do. And that's mm. what how I can walk into the room, right. and ever since it, it's just a gem, like, yeah. yes, yes, right. I know yeah. I, not everybody knows about publishing, not everybody right. knows about sync. Not everybody knows about royalties. those that's are things hard. that things that I am skilled at, so I can just go into the in the room and own that. yeah, right. you want to know about how to get your money, you want to know how to. Talk to right. the supervisor, get get your stuff played on the radio uh, not the radio, but the films and commercials and television, and all of that. Mm-hmm. That's your lane. That's right. your lane. Like, right.
1: right. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's so important to affirm yourself. Yeah. I love what you said and yeah, wholeheartedly agree. For me, that's a, it was really a, a game changer for me. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Right. That so. Exists. <laughs> <laughs> anytime so what are some common misconceptions that people have about women of color in the music industry
1: yeah well honestly in general I think women just run the risk of being seen as less capable or mm. intelligent sometimes and emotionally weaker than mm.
0: than
1: men are unfortunately that's the case and it's not it's not even limited to the music industry. That's just right.
0: That's, that's just
1: that's the, the way it is. And unfortunately, when you're black or you're a woman of color, then there's that race, racial aspect into it and in there as well. So we have even more to be concerned about. So, you know, obviously we know that we're intelligent and mm-hmm. we're more than capable of you know doing mm-hmm. our jobs and doing them well you know mm-hmm. and, and beyond that uh, <laughs> so <laughs> no, those are definitely misconceptions I would say I think it's a, a misconception that it's like we're it can kind of feel like we're competing with each other I think sometimes and because like as mentioned before like there aren't that many of us like we're out here we're doing our thing but at the same time it just it feels like it can feel like at certain times there's only space for like so right many of us. like
0: so <laughs> right but Too many that... attitudes in one room I'm sorry they're right. not able to handle it right <laughs> <laughs>
1: right like um that's our we have that one
0: diversity hire we're, uh... <laughs> yeah well,
1: yeah you know. um, Right. Yeah, exactly. So obviously that's not the case. We like, we shouldn't be competing amongst each other and we should all be embraced and embraced Mm -hmm. for what we can bring to the table individually. Um, And that's another thing that unfortunately, I think like when you are one of the few black people or people of color in the room, Sometimes your opinions, you're as an individual, like the people will take that and they'll apply it to like the collective. Oh, yeah. like she thinks this way. So that's how all Black women think. Yeah. Like, oh, in her experience, like, yeah, that's just how it is for most of them, or <laughs> like all of them, right? Like, something like that. Wild out of pocket stuff, right? Things that they wouldn't attribute to like themselves, like yours. Right. So that's um, that's unfortunate. That's you know. Um, Those and- are
0: great, great. Yeah. Sadly, I mean, not great tropes that are attributed to women of color, and sadly, the things that we have to deal with, pinning ourselves against each other is is <laughs> it's a systemic thing. It's definitely a systemic thing. And I think a lot of times too, like you said, they do think that we're monoliths, that we all think the same.
1: Right. So right.
0: they'll apply the same concepts to one person and the other person will look at them like, huh, that ain't right. my life. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like, can you
1: just see me and appreciate me for the person that I am? I, I, I don't like feeling like, and this is not even... Just the workplace. Like, this was happening to me in school because
0: mm-hmm. for the
1: majority of my academic career, I attended primarily white
0: schools. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm used to being like talking about race and people looking around at the one black girl in the class, being like, So, what are you going to say? What are your thoughts on?
0: Right. <laughs> <else> on this? <laughs> You're the token now. Like, you have right. to speak up on behalf of everyone right. that and looks it's- like
1: you. I- it's not fair. It's not fair. That's a lot of pressure. I I don't want that responsibility. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because my thoughts on a a situation might not be your thoughts and your thoughts might be better than mine. So it's like, Mm -hmm. if you're going to generalize someone, like maybe just do it off of of you. You Like if you have a better idea, like
0: ideally that's not going to happen, but it does. Unfortunately. And it's also part of the judgment of women and their appearance too. Like, oh, you come into the, like we wear braids. We've worn braids in the office. And I remember being asked <laughs> or being like someone commenting about my hair, you know, and I'm like, mm, that doesn't <sighs> affect my job and what I do at all. Like, why does that matter that I come to work every other week with a different hairstyle? Right, exactly. And oh my gosh, we could really talk about some hair, girl.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> girl, like I, I don't know if there's ever been, well, I'd say maybe post college, I, I was kind of like, you know what, whatever. Because as you can see, I have some, it might be a little hard, but I have some purple braids in right now. And
0: that's
1: your signature. Had, yeah, yeah. And I had purple braids during my co-wall interview. So part of me was nervous, like, Oh, oh man, like what? Are you going mean, to be I, judged? Right, right, like I just got this hair, my hair done, I'm definitely not about to take it out, so. <laughs> they don't well, get these
0: purple braids today.
1: <laughs> right, so it's like either you want me or you don't, um, and I used to really worry about that, be concerned about how my hair was when I was in college and and interning, but I've since just to come to terms with like if you are not going to hire me because of like my hairstyle, then yeah, I don't, I don't need to be working here anyway. You know what I'm saying? And it goes back to what I I said before, like whatever's for me will be, you know, God is really in control at the end of the day. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just so important for us to be able to embrace who we really are. And like our physical appearance should not dictate or what we're, able to accomplish
0: that like, yeah so no, girl, that's a fact a, yeah it's just so interesting and you know, all the things that we we do have to go through but i think right. the consensus around the board has been that like it doesn't matter what i look like just let me do my job let me prove that i can do what i'm hired to do and let that let the work speak for itself.
1: exactly there so. it is it could all be so simple right yes <laughs>
0: Uh, shout out to lauren hill (laughs) all day so in what ways can women advocate for one another like we said we are taught to compete against one another but what are ways that we can reach across the table and lift each other up yeah well
1: for one i think it's important to champion each other support each other uh, especially if one of our uh, our sisters has a podcast uh about women <laughs> of color and the music industry it's, in, it's important to participate in that uh what That's else the club
0: royalty queen podcast hey. Episodes <laughs> airing every friday yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, but uh
0: also yeah it's, just, it's
1: super important to just to be there for one another i had a client that I worked with at, at Cobalt, she's a music supervisor, she's a black woman, she's up for two new projects, she reached out to me to ask if I could you know, provide a testimonial for her mm-hmm. um, to help her out, and I gladly did so. One, I did so first and foremost, because I just enjoyed working with her, and like I not, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. really just like a plus that she's also a black woman, and mm-hmm. she, so that just made me just more excited more motivated yeah right right, exactly because we have to we have to help each other out here and we can't just bank on others accepting us and um, Mm -hmm. embracing us and helping us develop you know ultimately there are Good people of all race tell yeah. you that, but yeah. But one um, when, th- when it comes to us, it's important that we support our ventures and our, you know, like events and programs mm-hmm. and all that. I think it's also really important to have discussions surrounding mental health, especially for like black women and women of color. I was just reading recently in an article that stated that Black women are particularly at a uh, high risk of um, high-functioning depression because, you know, we're- we're weight on it. our shoulders. Right, right. We have <laughs> so much- And no one's much. coming to our rescue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we're told that we have to be strong and just like suck it up and mm. we should really like be happy to be in the space because there really aren't, you know, many of us in the space in the spaces that we're in so I think there's that that added pressure there of the pressure that we put on ourselves sometimes just to be extra like you were saying earlier just to go above and and beyond
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm.
1: and yeah that's that's a lot that's a lot Mm -hmm. for for us to to carry and then we're just expected to act like we're all good you know and and it's fine Mm -hmm. otherwise we risk being seen as that. Aggressive type, or a problematic mm-hmm. individual, right? And then mm-hmm. it goes even back to like what we were discussing before about people generalizing black people, and it's like, oh well, if this person is difficult, well, maybe then this diversity hire wasn't right. like the the best. Let's go, back
0: to, let's go back to the old plan.
1: Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> we we little...
0: messed up here. Right. Yeah.
1: It, exactly. <laughs> and that's just uh, it's tough, man. And black Americans, you know, specifically, you know, many of us have internalized like the negative attributions assigned, you know, to our enslaved ancestors. It's like, mm-hmm. we have, we're dealing with like generational trauma here, whether like consciously or unconsciously. So it's just really, it's really important that we're having these conversations and mm-hmm. really just finding, finding outlets to express
0: express ourselves like you know like yeah. yeah like we're doing now so you know that that's... was such a word you definitely <laughs> dropped some gems up in there I appreciate you for for saying yeah, all right. that because it's true there's a lot that we have to deal with there's a lot that we carry and then the what bothers me or not necessarily bothers me but I kind of struggle with the idea of being labeled as strong because then yeah. you're like okay what's the opposite of strong is weak right we all have our moments of weakness we're human <laughs> right right i don't want to every day be considered as like oh she'll still be fine she's done this before she's been through this before so she's pulled through so she's she's fine of course we're headed into depression and every time we're going through some something someone's like oh she's strong like okay yeah I want to be strong, <laughs> right, right. yeah, exactly. but I'm feeling vulnerable right now. I'm feeling a little insecure. I'm feeling a little down. like there's things that's going on in my life, and you're you just want to see this one side. Of course, that's a great thing to be labeled as a strong woman, but I think black women being labeled as strong sometimes has a negative connotation to it. um, hmm. and it impacts us on a deeper level than someone just being labeled strong because they went through cancer and now they're cancer free. Like that's something completely different than right. having experienced microaggressions uh, aggressions every single day and not saying anything about it and right. being labeled, oh, you're strong. <laughs> I, I, I want to punch them in the face. Right. right. That's what I really want to do. <laughs> exactly. So i mean strong right now, strong willed right right it's like I don't right it's
1: like yeah it's important to be strong I I there's a there's a pro in it but then the con is like oh I'm just I'm tired (laughs) like I don't like oh my gosh I just yeah like I just want to be able to express myself without fear of Negative repercussions and
0: yeah. then
1: being automatically seen as weak. It's like you're right. strong or oh, you're
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't handle it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's yeah. tough. It's tough out here. Sis. And it's, it's hard to ask for help. I think that's another thing mm, is that black women hard. we don't tend to ask for help for nothing. Right. right, We we are disappointed all over the place. (laughs) So we tend to carry the burden on our own. And and Mm -hmm. so the idea of being strong, being able to carry a burden and not ask for help is a problem. It's a part Mm -hmm. of our generational trauma that we need to learn to let go and actually say, you know what, I'm I need some help over here. I'm drowning. I need some help. Like I'm like you said, exhausted.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I, I always admired, sometimes like, I went to predominantly white school growing up as well, and I always admired how white women can have friends growing up and still rely on that same social circle as they get older. Mm. I feel like, yes, I have my my one or two really close girlfriends that I grew up with that are ride or dies, no matter what, they're always going to be by my side. Yeah. But I also feel like it's harder for us to connect on that way sometimes as we as we're older and having a podcast like this and have you know having networking opportunities to like reach out and say girl like how are you doing like aside from work girl like are you good right right i know you got a kid you you want to babysit him one day so you could just relax i know that you're working hard but i know that and i know that you want to be in the studio I know somebody that needs a track right now. Let me go ahead yeah. and plug you in. You know what I that mean? Part. Yes, 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 yes. Just so like little things, like helping each other to really grow and navigate the world and our feelings and just and say like, there's somebody there for you. It's so right. important. Right. It's so Absolutely. important. I agree 100%. So Tara, I really, really, really appreciate you for being on the show. Like I said, I just love watching you grow. Like I, I know that we're still gonna, you know, keep... We've been keeping in touch for years now, but we're going to continue to keep in touch and and make sure that we're on the up and up. You know, you got a sister in me and I just appreciate you all day. Uh, What can we expect from you, Tara, in the future? And what are you working on now that you're excited about?
1: Yeah, well, I'm excited about the new job that I'm starting at Amazon Studios. Uh, Super, super excited to see what I can do over there and how I can contribute meaningfully to the team I'd say just also in my free time I still like I said earlier I like to write and write songs and make music mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's uh, I'm also working on some music now and you know definitely plan on releasing uh, later this year so I'm excited yes. about that uh, yeah yes.
0: yeah maybe but, we'll change our theme song to one that you uh you wrote Hey, it's, hey. hey. <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> Oh
1: man, fire. Thank you so much for having of me. Of course. i been awesome. Really. Well, where
0: can people find you if they want to connect with you?
1: Yeah. Well, honestly, if you want to connect, probably the, the best place would be LinkedIn, mm-hmm. searching my name. Tara Simon and you know you'll be able to find me shouldn't be shouldn't be difficult I have an Instagram but being, being real I don't I don't post all that much but if you want to follow me you can uh, you can search at TJ crown up yeah all one all one word there <laughs> but yeah so that's uh
0: that's pretty much that awesome well I appreciate you Tara thank you so much for being on the show until next time Remember, stay positive, inspired, and true to yourself. Go out there and
1: kill it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Pub Royalty Queen Podcast.